You're listening to the Canned Fruit Podcast with your favorite trio, Danielle, Jess, and Kia. We will have meaningful conversations on what it looks like to have compassion and respect when communicating with others. This show is a safe and brave space to open up. So let's start. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Canned Fruits, the podcast about candid and fruitful conversations. This is your girl, Kia, here with two of my favorite ladies, Miss Jessica and Miss Danielle. Some raising the roof going on. (laughs) We're always so excited. Yeah, we're so excited to talk about mistakes and apologizing. Mm. (laughs) I'm excited to talk to you all about something I'm not good at. (laughs) All right. So I I think we switch off, you know, every episode. Like, this is something that I'm great at. This is something that I'm not so good at. This, I'll say, maybe admitting mistakes, not so much, but apologizing, I'm pretty good at. Mm. Uh, So this, we've talked a lot about the components of our conversations, setting ourselves up for successful conversations and a lot about thinking about ourselves and the other people in our conversations but what happens when your it your conversation doesn't go exactly how you expected and you might realize yeah because remember we're all growing that could have gone better and maybe I need to reach out to the other person or people and either admit a mistake or your hard conversation is the apology itself. So Mm. Jessica found some very enlightening research about (laughs) (laughs) why some of us might have a bit of a problem or, 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 a bit of a challenge with apologies. <laughs> yeah, I was reading on Psychology Today. Mm. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> I was reading my bathroom on... reading. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was reading on Psychology Today because I was thinking about last time we kind of got off on a, a, a resolution. What, what does that look like? And kind of the differences on how we think about resolutions. And I was thinking about this topic and apologies. And I was thinking about why some people, I am included in that. I'm included in some people, why we struggle with apologies. And there's, we had some kind of listed here as feelings that we have when we're trying to apologize and like why they're hard, you know, because you might feel embarrassed or shame or vulnerable or whatever, but there's actually been quite a bit of research done about this. There's a psychologist, Karina Schumann, who has done some some research about this. And she's identified three different barriers to apologies. And one is low levels of concern for either the victim or the relationship. And this this is kind of like if you think about a person who has a lack of empathy, they're less likely to apologize because they don't, they're not comfortable with closeness. And so they don't want to apologize. They don't see, see it as valid because they don't believe anything good is going to come of it in the relationship. They don't see any value in the relationship at all. They think they can do without the relationship. This is kind of something that I 
identify with sometimes. The next one is threat to self-image. And that is people who are narcissists. They don't want to admit that they're wrong because their value, they see their own value in being kind of perfect in a way. And so to admit a mistake, to have an apology would be to say that they're wrong in some way, that they're less than perfect. And the last one, and this one is less research. This one has a little bit less going for it. And that is perceived ineffectiveness of an apology. That an apology, that if they apologize, the other person isn't actually going to forgive them anyway. Mm. So do you guys identify with any of those? I know I do. I identify with one of one of those specifically. I would say I, I oppositely identify. <laughs> okay, the yeah. third one. Just looking at that when when you don't apologize because you don't think the other person will forgive you or will will yeah will forgive you is. I'm trying to figure out if this is the right way of thinking, but when I'm apologizing to someone, I'm, it's more of an acknowledgement that I hurt their feelings and is to make me feel better. So I don't, I don't need mm. for them to forgive me, but I want to acknowledge that I, I did something against my, my, maybe not my morals, but my values that or I did something that I maybe, or said something that I know not necessarily was contradictory to their values, but hurt their feelings or hurt their values in some type of way. So I want to acknowledge that part. And I'm not asking for forgiveness. I'm just acknowledging that I've hurt you or something I think I might have hurt you, or I did something that I don't think was kind. And then if you decide you don't want to forgive me, you are your own person. You are autonomous. I feel like everyone is in charge of their own autonomy. So mm. I can't do anything about that. So that's my spiel on apologies. <laughs> Rever- reverse apology. <laughs> yes. Why you're good at apologies. I think that's what you're saying. Yeah, actually. I guess. Yeah, maybe. And it's interesting because the first one is like people who have low empathy and he said something else and they and the first one that I sort of kind of identify with, but you know, again, I'm working on my empathy. So maybe that's why mm-hmm. I'm so better at it, but feeling low levels of concern for the relationship, even if in relationships where I, maybe it's like more like a colleague relationship. Cause remember all my barriers, it's more of a colleague relationship <laughs> than a friendship relationship. I will still apologize because again it's just for me because then I can continue to look them in the eye and not have issues and knowing that I've lived up to what I believe in Mm. phew okay I I guess (laughs) it's your turn I guess I have to talk on this show on this episode (laughs) this is gonna be the one where I say nothing (laughs) (laughs) sit back and learn Danielle I guess more like I'm like you guys can figure out how to apologize I don't need to I'm never wrong comes to why I struggle with these three because I'm not sure where I fit in I don't necessarily know if it's level of concern because I do think I'm deeply concerned about the person I just maybe what I'm struggling with is I don't recall memories of when I've apologized (laughs) so I'm really having a hard time placing it and either it's because I 
don't like them so much that I put them out of my memory. Or I'll I'll use I'll use my daughters because they are humans I love and that I respect. And I have apologized with them, but this is noting how hard it is because they're the only people I can remember apologizing to. And sometimes I'll get upset. And I think I think of apologies differently. This is a lot of ramble to say, I'm not one to say I'm sorry. I'm one to say, this was my thinking. I'm realizing I'm really bad at apologies. (laughs) (laughs) The first sentence and I have an enlightenment moment here. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's happening live. Just because I I don't, I I guess I'm just realizing that I rarely, I feel justified in a lot of things that I say. I try Mm. really hard to think before I speak. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I'm not saying that shifts me away from ever being wrong. Absolutely not. I just think that it's, I, I think it's just really hard for me guys. I, I I would see that it's not that I have, maybe it is the second one. And that's what I don't want to admit to is because I'm not, I definitely am not concerned with breaking the relationship. I feel like it's so big that I should do that. I, if I don't think it will elicit forgiveness, then that goes back to the relationship being one that maybe wasn't about like I didn't value as much, but that person doesn't see me as being open to forgiveness. And so it's, maybe it's that, and maybe it's that I just so try to not be a person that does things that hurt people, that it's hard for me to apologize because I have to reckon with the fact that it hurt people and, Mm -hmm. and we've come to an answer, but you see how long it took me to get there. That's okay breakthroughs it's okay that's that's right live yeah. happening live <laughs> so oh well i'll say so we talked a little bit about your thought process and how you put a lot of thought into even before engaging mm-hmm. about how that'll make people feel what do you and you talked a little bit about how you maybe you don't think you make as many mistakes. Not that you're faultless. (laughs) (laughs) Never said that. Careful. (laughs) So if, do you think that it's hard for you to admit that you made a mistake or that you maybe just make fewer of them? Oh man, you know, on the episodes where I don't want to talk, everybody's making me talk. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're digging it out. (laughs) I... I think thinking about things before you say something is helpful, just in general. I I do think that's a practice that I find important. But as someone that talks a lot, it's inevitable that you will say the wrong thing. And have I done that before? Yes. So I I guess is your question key advice by thinking in advance, has that alleviated some of the, I think it's a, let me just, let me just say this. I think it's a mix of what you're hearing from me is that I do think a lot about what I want to say. I, I channel other people into my conversations. I say, Hey, Kia, Jessica, what do you think about this before I say this really inappropriate thing about how I feel about you? Can you give me some insight into a better way to do that? I think that's something I've done for a long time. I am also a little righteous. So there's also that on the other end. And so I'm walking this line of, yeah, I don't make a lot of mistakes because I think about it, but I also don't think I make a lot of mistakes because I'm righteous and I think I'm right. What about you, Jessica? Mm, oh, I'm, I, it takes me a while to recognize my feelings. 
And so I am prone to respond before I have processed. And so I make mistakes often. I hurt other people's feelings pretty frequently. And I think what makes apologies hard for me, the most hard apologies are when I also feel wronged. Because Mm -hmm. conversations have this way of flowing, right? Where you say something, the other person says something, they have a feeling about what you've said, and then they respond based on the feeling that they're currently having. And then you you have a feeling about what they said to you, and you respond based on the feeling that you're having. And so really difficult apologies for me are not when I when I truly feel like I've done wrong, that to me is easier to say, I really made a mistake there. Like I know in my mind, in my heart, in my body, I know that I was wrong to do that, to say that, whatever. But it's the ones when I also feel wronged at the same time, when I feel like I deserve an apology and I also should be giving an apology at the same time. Is it those almost, are the tough ones is it almost like a game of chicken like who's going yeah, to who's gonna apologize, apologize first <laughs> so i want to i can i just say jessica you've really helped me hit why i was struggling earlier mm-hmm. there's not many times where i'm in a situation I don't, again i kind of sound like a jerk who never does anything wrong that's not what i'm saying <laughs> that's not what i'm saying but the ones i can remember where i've had the hardest time saying i'm sorry it's because my feelings were hurt as well and they Two. were not validated yep and i actually don't even think it's a game of chicken i'm fine with saying i've done this thing wrong but if i the minute i don't hear you recognize your part I get really, and that's where the righteousness comes in. So this is what I'm talking about. The line I'm dancing on is like, I'm good at it when we're doing this, where it's like, Jessica, I said this. And you're like, yeah, I said this. And all kumbaya, we're back together. Yeah. When Jessica doesn't, she's like, oh yeah, cool. Thank you. That's the worst response I can get. When I've said something, I've done something (laughs) wrong. And then they say, thank you. (laughs) Like, (laughs) are you kidding me right now? And then but I what to, about you? Right. <laughs> right. So in my case, it's not chicken. I'm not dancing with them to see who does it first, but I am yeah. hoping for the community that we can both recognize where we yeah. might have done something wrong. Maybe well, that's, that's not always I the case, up, though. I'm sorry. That's mm-hmm. why I brought up these three reasons why people might might struggle to apologize. Because I wanted to give people, give myself an opportunity for empathy for another person and why they might really struggle with apologies. I wanted to understand why is it sometimes that when I feel hurt, I don't get that apology. Why is it? Is it because the other person doesn't value me as a person or doesn't value our relationship? Maybe sometimes, generally with, I would say with strangers, right? That's the case. Like, oh, they they really don't care about me. They don't care that they've hurt my feelings. Yeah. Or is it that this apology is something very personal to that person that they feel like if they admit this wrong, that it's attacking them, attacking their character? Okay. That's easier for me to understand. Like, oh, you, 
you feel like apologizing to me is an admission of fault in your character, a flaw. Or is it that you don't think I am going to forgive you? What can I do to better help you feel like your apologies mean something to me, right? Like on the receiving end. That's why I wanted to get these three of like, why? Why do people not apologize to me? <laughs> to you <laughs> specifically. To me. <laughs> to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's interesting because it's, it's that last one that I'm struggling with most that because I, if I apologize, someone might not apologize because they think in their apology, the other person won't forgive them. Is Does that ever enter into your calculus for apologies? I just, I maybe I need to, maybe I need to just take some time to think about it, but I just can't because my apologies are so self-centered. They're for me. <laughs> I just, I, yeah, I have a hard time getting on with that one. I think that's fair. I think that this one, so the last one is actually the least researched of the three. And so I think it's because the way people phrase their apologies sometimes that that might come off as like a defensive apology. And so it kind of gets lumped into the first one instead. Oh, like, I'm sorry that your feelings are hurt. That type of apology. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know how to make that more seem more tangible for you, but that's totally fine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to keep thinking about it. This late breaking apologies research. This Um, is really like breaking us down. This we usually have so much to so many specific examples, you know, of like reference points, and it's just like, why does this not connect? You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I can say for me, it's because I'm bad at them. It's hard to talk. It's hard to talk with with confidence about something that you you really struggle with. That's how yeah. I feel. I feel certain things. It depends on the thing. Certain things for me are so easy to apologize for, and certain things I just. Like you were saying earlier, Danielle, I feel justified. Like I feel like that was standing in my truth. I feel like that was my truth. I feel like, but how did you want me to say it differently? Like, this is where I was coming from. This is what I felt. And I don't apologize for my feelings coming out properly to you. That's how I, I, that's what I wanted to communicate to you. So I talked a little bit about, oh, maybe a lot of it, about how I mostly am apologizing for myself, but also when I'm giving the apology to someone, it's not to elicit their forgiveness. Like I do hope that people forgive me for for whatever I'm apologizing for, but it's not a requirement. And one of uh, a good analogy that I I like to use sometimes is gifts. My husband's getting better at this, but he's so it's so interesting because he gives people gifts and he goes oh, they did this with a gift. Like, you know, he'll give a gift to our nephew and he'll be like, and then he broke it or he'll oh. give a gift to someone else. And then they, they sold it, right? <laughs> and I'm just like, well, you gave that to them. Th- mm-hmm. That is now theirs to do whatever they would like to with it. That's no longer mm-hmm. yours. In fact, it wasn't yours. You bought it for the express purpose of giving it to someone else. So that's how I like to 
think of my apologies less than that they're a gift you should be so lucky to get an apology from me but more that I have taken this I've given it to you it is now yours to do with whatever you would like to do Mm. Mm. it's like a release of control of the situation right of like I've done I've done my part and what you choose to do with that is on you Right. If you choose to forgive me, if you choose to apologize back to me, if you, right, I see. I am, I am really eager to explore the connection to emotional intelligence and apologies, mm-hmm. because as you say that, Kia, it requ- I, all, all I hear is it requires so much self-confidence to do that. If you are attached to the opinion of the people across from you, outside of you, it's really hard to do that. If you are doing it like, so even as you joke about it being like about you, even when you say it that way, it is about like your responsibility to, to offer this up because you recognize you've done something wrong, independent of how anybody else reacts to that. And it's only in you saying that I'm like, A, now I have to admit that I got some emotional intelligence work and like stuff to work on when I Mm. thought I was pretty awesome about it. But then, yeah, now it's this thought of, okay, I have to release myself, not just of the apology, but release myself of the opinion of the other person. Because if it's someone you love, again, going back to your examples, Jessica, like if you care about the relationship, the person will just choose to forgive you, yeah or nay, more likely yes than not, you know, but the relationship will have to explore its next direction, but you still have to do this as an individual. And I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, oh. a, that's a technical term. Oh, no. No, you bring up a good point because I do find that I'm just in life generally very independent and I I don't want to say because I I don't believe that I'm self-centered but oh self oh self-referencing there we go there it is that's that's the best term I'm very much self-referencing and I don't not that I don't take in but I don't necessarily need a lot of external references um Mm. I, I love the points that you bring up and that's people who are more externally referencing that that possible change in the relationship would definitely impact their ability to to or the way that they may offer up apologies or admit Mm. mistakes Mm -hmm. so kia you can't just skip over that brilliance i mean i know it started from like it's piggybacking off of lots of different things we've said but the way you the self-referencing versus is it externally referencing, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm calling it, at least. That's where, this is our new, we put a trademark on it. <laughs> well, self-referencing, you I get, I'm, real. Let it go, Pia. <laughs> <laughs> it's ours, stop. <laughs> well, I guess I'm just thinking about what you're saying because I used the word emotional intelligence and I was making a judgment there in a way that you're not when you say yeah. self-referencing. Because I internalize it as there's must be something wrong with me because I have an, I wonder about, because I think about the opinion of the other person that there are strengths in that. And so I want to pull back from my statement a bit, because that's my work is realizing that that's not a weakness in understanding and the other person and kind of reading the room. Mm -hmm. I think the emotional intelligence becomes an issue is if that 
cripples your ability to walk in your truth as we've been talking about and mm-hmm. and recognize when you're wrong but you might have a leaning one way or the other and that's okay yes 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 i think that's more than accurate so you bring up that understanding that you might be wrong and <laughs> might <laughs> might possibly Big and might. i think that so we talked we've talked about apologies how we feel about apologies but how do we apologize what are the components of a good apology i don't know <laughs> wrong two people kia <laughs> this is not our episode this is not ours well I found that there are seven steps or seven components of a apology, especially when it's something more challenging. And that's what we focus on, the more challenging discussions. Uh, And I'll go over the seven steps or the seven parts of it. And then I'll also offer up a time when I apologize, an example of how self-referencing, how my self-referencing apologies go. So first is to recognize your mistake and understand what you did wrong. Second, be sincere. Third, don't delay. And that's on both parts. If you delay in bringing up the issue, then it makes these steps harder. And actually, I have some more examples of when I've delayed and it's, it, it's made the apology like just that much more tougher. Mm. Take ownership. Correct your behavior. So if this is something that you're doing regularly, then you might want to change that part of it. And then listen so we've talked a lot about active listening already. Oh, and no. then don't expect a return apology. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, can you read that one more time? I feel like it's time sure. for me to go. Do anything with this a solo podcast today, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, she is on her own. I love when you said you had an example and I was like... <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. One of us does. (laughs) So I don't know if this will be able to dissect it a little bit. So I'm not sure if I actually went through all of these steps because this this example is several years ago before I've been so enlightened. But it's a good example of how my self-referencing things, apologies work. So I'm at work and, you know, we're having a little chit chat. There's a group of us, maybe three or four of us. And someone who they're, they're firmly in the colleague field and not necessarily in the friend type field Mm -hmm. but we're talking about their upcoming wedding they just got proposed to so they're planning their wedding and in the conversation they talk about their first wedding and in their first wedding they had a big church wedding and all these other things that they're talking about then they talked about their second wedding and I can't quite remember what happened at the second wedding And then they talked about their third wedding and I can't quite remember what happened at the third wedding. And then they talked about what they wanted to do because this would have been their fourth marriage. And they were, they were, I guess they were like weighing options or something. And I will say after this point, I've gotten much better at my filter. So sometimes I might slow blink and that's me filtering all the words in my head to make sure they're appropriate. Cause my response was, no one wants to go to your fourth wedding. Mm. Yeah, not, yeah, not. Try to put the words back in. <laughs> yeah, I, and as soon as I said it, I wanted to like 
you know, like pull them right mm-hmm. back into my mouth. Mm. But I couldn't. I had already said that because, yeah, they're talking about the planning and maybe like gifts or something. And I was just like, if I went to three of them, why would I go to your fourth one? Oh. Which is, you know, an inside thought. That's absolutely an inside of your head thought. So, you know, everybody laughed maybe a little awkwardly, then went on with the conversation. This was and in front of other people. Yeah, it was a, it was maybe four of us so me her and one or two other people and so that day later that day I came back and I apologized and I said I don't I don't remember my exact words but basically said I'm sorry what I said was hurtful I don't know if I've said it out loud but in my head I think you know it's it's not my wedding not my business you know I would have said it nicer than that something like that and so then later, because I still, even though I'm self-referencing, I did, I did like that person or still do, I guess I don't see them much, but, and I went and I knew that they, and just, I knew that they like to drink. So I made them a rum cake, a Jamaican rum cake, a Caribbean rum cake. Thank you, Kia. That little like yellow bunt cake that people, and they got like a little rum icing. I'm disappointed every time someone says, mm. oh, I brought rum cake. And I'm like, where is it at? And it's like this yellow cake with rum icing. And I'm like, I don't, that's not what I want. A Jamaican black cake. That's what I made, which is like basically entirely alcohol. Uh, <laughs> so I made that and gave it to her and just apologized again and, and, you know, offered up my black cake for her, which is if you've ever made it a lot of effort. We didn't really like, we weren't really like socially sociable. I don't know after that. And that's, after that, it became fine to me. And that's the self-referencing part. Like, I apologize. I offered this gift. I apologized twice and offered this gift. And that made me feel better about my part in the in hurting their feelings and not living up to my values and being kind and not hurting other people's feelings. And then after that, you know, we, were, we still work together fine. Like, it's not like then they tried to trash my career or something like that. But maybe we're as social and... I can absolutely understand that. And I was fine with it. So that's my self-referencing part. Let's dissect that, please. (laughs) Well, I just want to start off by saying that it's really brave of you, Kia, to share a moment where you've been flawed because as I sit here, and I'm not going to speak for Jessica, but as I sit here, not even being able to recall the moments where I've been wrong and kind of joke that it's never happened when we all know it has, it's just powerful that you processed it, right? You took it in and you, you reference it as a place for opportunity for growth in a real way. And so I just want to, I want to put words to that because that's part of what this process is. And, you know, hopefully after this conversation, I can remember I might have to start a journal of my mistakes. Mm. It'll be a small, teeny tiny. Oh, it'll be so it'll be. <laughs> it'll be one sheet of paper folded. Like, oh. that's what it'll be. <laughs> all right. All right. I'll take it. Y'all love me, but go ahead. <laughs> wow. So I'll say if, if we go through our apology stuff, yeah. I recognized yeah. my mistake. I understood what I did wrong. I was very sincere in my apology. At least I I believe I was sincere or Mm. I tried to show my sincerity as I was apologizing. I did a delay. The first apology was that day. The second apology was a few days later because it takes, it takes several days to make a rum cake. I mean, if you're, it really could take me months to make it, but I did it in several days. I took ownership. I, I hurt her feelings. I said something wrong or I said something that could have been hurtful because I didn't want to tell her that I hurt her feelings, but I know that I said something hurtful. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. I corrected my behavior. Well, I guess there's 
not a, well my, one of my corrections is that I now take a little bit longer to filter regardless of the company I'm in front of because I think one reason why my filter might have been a little bit lower is that one of the other people in the conversation is someone I was very close to so like mm-hmm. I wouldn't normally need to filter my thoughts that much so I do take a little bit more time to filter listen she didn't really say anything back she told me you know like oh it's okay and you know like sometimes people say oh it's okay and they actually don't really mean it but she, I listened to her she she didn't really, you know, have much to say back. And I, I mean, there was at this point, there was no return apology that she would need to deliver. But yeah, man. So I think I did a pretty okay job without yes, knowing any did. Of these steps. Yes, you did. Me. Yes, you did. <laughs> I'm... I think my favorite part is mm-hmm. that you, wow, I don't know what the proper like terms are for this, but you you put blame on your action, which I think is a, because I heard you say, I don't know, obviously you don't remember your exact words, but you said, what I said was hurtful, right? And I think that this is like a really subtle thing, but really important that you're, you put blame on the action, on the thing that you did, instead of saying, I hurt your feelings. Yeah. Right. You're saying what I, what I said though, that specific thing that I did was hurtful to you or was unkind or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think that's something that's so subtle and so valuable. And I think it might help Danielle and I <laughs> to, <laughs> to not be like, you know, I was wrong. I, you know, to, to, you're allowed to have these moments. You're allowed to have these mistakes that are wrong. And again, we've said this in earlier podcasts that that doesn't make you a flawed person. Just because you have a moment, it doesn't reflect on your character, right? And putting it that way is so relieving in a way. Can I jump in there, Jessica? Mm-hmm. It is relieving. I feel lighter and it's not even my story. Right. I wonder, I mean, maybe this is for another time, but my, my gut is saying I need to inquire what your experience with apologies were like in the past, Kia, Ooh. from as a, as a receiver. And I I don't think... I don't know what, I don't recall, again, this is really interesting that I cannot identify moments where even I'm seeing, I've been, I've been given an apology that was thoughtful. That's not that it did not happen. It's just that I cannot recall them. And that still suggests that they weren't so frequent that it it became a learned behavior. I witnessed it so I could, I could recreate it. Again, on this show, we are not victims of our like experience. Like that doesn't allow me to not give an apology. I'm just curious how you came to be in a position to be able to do that. That's the question. I guess the statement is that it's also practice, right? Because I think yeah. I've gotten better at it, even if I can't recall it, but it just requires so much of that, that resolve that you have, Kia, like that calm consistency that like Jessica and I will laugh at when we're like talking about something that makes you uncomfortable, you know, but like, 
in this moment, this is why you're thriving. This is not why you're thriving. You thrive for a lot of reasons, but this is why I can see you being really good because you're like just so grounded in your own existence. And so I'm just really learning a lot because I, I I did not realize it would trigger me in the way it is because I just, I guess I just, what, what did you just say, Jessica? You said something about like her language around naming the behavior yeah. and just- you know, that's just good language for me to like, hold on to and reference. Like, this is what I say, you know, I no longer say, don't say this, say that, you know, like, don't say, I'm, I'm sorry if you feel that way. Mm -hmm. Cause that's my, that's my righteousness coming on because I'm now preparing the case lawyer by training (laughs) for what you did wrong. There's two sides to every story you did, you, you did wrong and I did wrong. So let's put them both out on the table. And that's not what this is about. It's irrelevant if the other person puts it on the table, this is so much about you. And I'm just, I'm just floored by, yeah. I'm in awe <laughs> of how this is seriously. Going. When you just talked about like my experience with receiving apologies, like, like now I'm flabbergasted. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I can't even remember any apologies I received knowing that people must have apologized to me, but I don't mm. know if it's just that I'm so self-referencing that I was like, Oh no, I'm not. A bad person but this thing I said wasn't kind so let me budge out. like I just knew it from yeah just how I separation am, but mm. yeah how powerful man well I think that's a key takeaway though like there has to be the separation yeah of the individual from action I yeah. mean I think just in, as a as a culture as a society we can do a lot more of that in a lot of ways but I think it's truly changing the way I think about apology and and I guess it's it's separating my value from the apology, but it's also separating the other person's right or wrongness from the apology as well. That's like really blowing me away that they don't need, they could never think they're right or wrong and it has nothing to do with me. Yeah. That That is going to be harder for me to let go, but I'm hearing you say it and I'm seeing the freeness in that. And I see the freeness as more valuable than the need for me to pull out the, their recognition of their wrongness. I'll say that's, I don't know if it's necessarily my self-referencingness now that I've put a name to it and I'm just going to keep calling it that. But I also feel, or I don't know if I experienced it once and realized, whoa, I want to do this all the time, but not taking on them needing to forgive me was always very important, is always very important because I feel like taking on other people's burden, we've talked about like the feelings and how I would often, when people express their feelings and emotions to me, I would feel burdened and like Mm -hmm. they were trying to push them on me, you know, now I recognize that's not what was happening. It's just, I felt overwhelmed. And so I, tried to do things to not make myself feel overwhelmed. And so accepting that I need to apologize that I did something wrong, um, but not expecting anything from the other end means that now I'm not waiting for the other person to give me the apology and just waiting around because it might not happen. And also if they don't give me forgiveness, then it's not me sulking around for a long time because this person, you know, never forgave me. I can move on in the relationship. Um, Or for me, add that 
bit of information to my personal database about that person. Wow. They didn't, they, they're not mm-hmm. very forgiving. And so quite honestly, it would affect the real, it would affect the relationship. Like I wouldn't be waiting for the forgiveness, but I would know, Oh, wow. They, they're still holding this grudge against me. Well then you know, I may not need to have that much of a relationship with them anymore. Right. Noted. Yep. Noted. Mm-hmm. This is, but aren't these things directly tying back to yours, Jessica? Like it's, it's almost like he has released the things that make the com- apology, the apology go bad, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's yeah. just what she's saying that she's like, well, I'm not worried about the forgiveness. And I was like, there's one, you know, like it, yeah. it's just interesting seeing how the, you've highlighted these issues with what makes apologies good or bad, what, what makes them hard. Mm-hmm. And then he has given us a real life example of, oh, it's a really, again, going back to in, like self-reflection, you have to release those things in order to do the, in order yes. to get past those challenges. Yes, you do. Yes. Yeah. So we talked about the three main barriers and it seems like subconsciously, maybe, maybe consciously, I, what's the opposite of a barrier? barrier created paths a bridge to bridges to apology yeah 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 I mean you just you don't belong to any of those categories or at least in this example I mean you might Mm -hmm. sometimes oh yeah occasion (laughs) I don't believe it (laughs) (laughs) just like Uh, sometimes I don't feel any barriers right just like sometimes depending on what it is I feel like, oh yeah, I, I should apologize for that. I'm going to apologize for that. And then it's more about the steps. Like, did I apologize in quotes properly, right? Did I actually do do the, do the actions? Not what was standing in the way of me apologizing in the first place. The thought that I was, I've been struggling with is that maybe it's not like, where would it fit in where you feel as though in your three barriers, Jessica, I feel like a barrier for me is that it, it does evoke that weakness. And I think does it maybe it is that second one again about that perception. Because the way we framed it here is that the perception is it will degrade your self-image. But I guess that language didn't trigger for me because it was more like it will make me feel weak. You know, and I guess I see how they're the same now, but just mm-hmm. in that moment of talking about weakness and vulnerability. Those aren't things that I was raised to have, right? I was raised to be strong and resilient and all of these things that can get framed positively, but they leave lots of gaps for understanding the power of vulnerability. And as I've grown in this process, I can see why this one would land so hard for me because that's the area I've been doing the most work is like, I can be vulnerable and I can be strong, right? I can be both of those things. And the apology is kind of like a remnant of that. So it's a relic of the fact that like, I don't want to be weak. That's still the, like my base. I don't want to be weak. I don't want to be perceived as weak. And if I have to apologize to you and you don't give me some kind of space to say we were both equally as weak, then I end up viewing myself as subpar to you. And that's just not an image I could historically have for myself. Now I can see how that's inaccurate but it is like a journey. And this is why this episode has been so kind of patched up for me because it's hitting directly to something that has been a core belief for most of my life. 
And like on other episodes, it's like, yeah, emotional intelligence. Yeah, I can be vulnerable. Yeah, when I'm not wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and we've entered into phase six of the process, right? Like, see, my, you're saying weakness. And yeah. to, so your, your weakness fits. Oh, well, I shouldn't speak for you. Let me speak for me. My weakness, the way I view weakness is very much that first one is very much that valuing a relationship with other people and to need other people. That's where I see weakness. That's what I see as weak. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's how I fit into that, like that first Mm -hmm. level of concern for the relationship kind of Mm -hmm. thing of like, well, if I, that's my barrier. Mm-hmm. Like if I don't, if I don't admit that I need to apologize to you, that means that I don't admit that I need this relationship, right? That I need other people in my life, that I rely oh on a community. Oh my God. And you're seeing, I, I, the way that I'm interpreting what you're saying is your weakness is about yourself. So again, that like, kind of well because it's just I, I want to I can't wait till we start talking about Enneagram more next season mm-hmm. spoiler alert right but mm-hmm. I I am just hearing you talk about it knowing what I know of of you Jessica as as Nate and knowing what I know of myself as a four and knowing what Kia I know of Kia as a five <laughs> I'm sitting here and I'm like oh my gosh it's yeah because I'm concerned about my image right to the rest of the world I'm concerned about how I'm perceived I'm concerned with my relationship to other people. Right. And Kia's only concerned with her relationship to Kia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So if I, if I admit, if I admit that I was wrong, that I have the power to damage a relationship, that means that I have to admit that I also have the power to mend a relationship or also that relationships have some kind of power over me. Like, you know, it's all this, like, that's, that's what I view as weakness, Hmm. which is bizarre. (laughs) It's a whole nother episode. It's a whole other thing. (laughs) Are you learning about us, Kia? (laughs) I know. I got a database full, like, like the Danielle and Jessica (laughs) folders in the database are just I don't, I don't like you knowing this much about my (laughs) challenges. We talked about this. We've talked about this. Mm. So any final thoughts for this day's therapy session? This is not what it's become. (laughs) It has. Like I've got my neck all tied up. I'm like, I'll just hug myself. You don't want to talk anymore. That's what you're doing. (laughs) Protecting your neck physically. You don't want to talk anymore. Man, I... I don't have anything else to say. I, I, I really knowing that I fit into one of those three barrier categories really is going to help me in the future kind of attack that. Mm. And then, then I will focus on those seven steps that you brought up Kia, right? Like I've got to get to the apology before I can think about what it, what makes a good apology. Mm. And in the meantime, when I'm up against an apology that I know that I have to make that doesn't, that I don't have, I don't feel that barrier to, I will practice these seven steps, right? 
Yeah. I'll go ahead. We, we talked last episode about practicing yeah. where it's more safe for you. Yes. You don't have to practice in the toughest conversation you're ever about to have. Right. But there's plenty of opportunities every, maybe not every day, but often to practice some of the skills and, and topics we talk about. Phew. Mm. Thank you. So- Yes, thank you everybody for listening with us today. We've got some more goodness coming up for you this season. And in the meantime, continue to have candid and fruitful conversations. Open up. Yes! That brings us to the end of this Canned Fruit Podcast episode. Thank you listeners for joining us today. We also want to thank our assistant producer, Brianna Jovan from What's Good Productions. If you enjoyed our show, we invite you to connect with us on Instagram at cannedfruitpod and email us at cannedfruitpod at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to your favorite shows. And be sure to come back next time for another discussion as we continue to have candid and fruitful conversations. Until then, this is Jessica, Kia, and Danielle. And don't forget to open up.